Good morning, St. Michael's. Will you stand with us? Lord, we're just so grateful to be here in your presence this morning. Lord, we know that where you are, there's freedom, there's grace, there's victory. And we just want to be a part of that in the world. We want to show that to your nation, to your people. And I just invite you to, to lift our voices to you this morning in all praise and adoration. In Jesus' name, amen.
the Holy Spirit. Blessed be his kingdom, now and forever. Almighty God, you all hearts are open, all (laughs) desires known. And from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Jesus said the first commandment is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Please kneel. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me. You may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace, consolation of his Holy Spirit. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God on high and on earth, good will towards men. We praise thee. We bless thee. We worship thee. We glorify thee. We give thanks to thee for thy great glory. O Lord God, heavenly King, God the Father Almighty, O Lord, the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, that takest away the sins of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. For Thou only art holy, Thou only art the Lord. Thou only, O Christ, with the Holy Ghost, art most high in the glory of God the Father. Amen. We are tuning out the noise, pressing in to hear your voice. We are
Pray together the Colette. O oh God, you've taught us to keep all your commandments by loving you and our neighbor. Grant us the grace of your Holy Spirit that we may be devoted to you with our whole heart and united to one another with pure affection. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. This morning's first lesson comes from the book of the Song of Solomon, chapter 2, beginning in verse 8. The voice of my beloved, behold, he comes leaping upon the mountains, skipping upon the hills. My beloved is like a gazelle or a young stag. Behold, he stands behind our wall. He is looking through the windows, gazing through the lattice. My beloved spoke and said to me, rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. For lo, the winter is past. The rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth. The time of singing has come, and the voice of the turtle dove is heard in our land. The fig tree puts forth her green figs, and the vines with the tender grapes give a good smell. Rise up, my love, my fair one, and come away. The word of the Lord. Please, please stand for the song. This morning's psalm is Psalm 45. We'll be commencing in verse 7 and reading by the half verse. Psalm 45. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. All your garments are scented with myrrh and aloes and cassia. King's daughters are among your honorable women. Listen, O daughter, consider and incline your ear. So the king will greatly desire your beauty. And the daughter of Tyre will come with a gift. The royal daughter is all glorious within the palace. So shall she shall be brought to the king in robes of many colors. With gladness and rejoicing they shall be brought. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As in the beginning. Our New Testament lesson comes from Romans, chapter 7, verse 21, commencing. 
I find then a law that evil is present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity into the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. The word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. Matthew chapter 11, beginning at verse 16. But to what shall I liken this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their companions and saying, We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We mourned to you, and you did not lament. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a wine-bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is justified by her children. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ. Good morning. Glad to see you all. Now, I know a lot of you guys are probably thinking, I mean, maybe you guys didn't catch when I preached a couple weeks ago, but you're probably thinking, man, did he lose weight? That's what you're all thinking, I know, because I went on two runs this week for the first time in about seven years, so I'm feeling mighty slim up here in my uh, deacon shirt. So, uh, yeah, a little no dirt off my shoulder here. Um, so, welcome to... St. Michael's, for those of you who are abroad, it's really fun when we get visitors, especially celebrating a baptism 
which is one of the coolest things that we get to do in our entire ministry. And I'll tell you why. Because every single human being that gets baptized into the kingdom of God is now an eternal family member of each one of us. That person is going to be with us for eternity. And we get to welcome them and we get to celebrate them. And it is right and proper to do so. So thank you for those who came from wherever you came from to come and see that um, and be a part of this. And those of you who are here every week, let's take our responsibility seriously. Because the baptism isn't about what he says only. It's about what we say together. And there's some responses in there where we make a commitment to this child that we will stand with them. That we will actually assist the mom and dad in raising the child in the ways of the Lord. And so let's just think clearly about this and not make it another ritual that we put in the middle of our service. Oh, the baptism's the time when there's a statue in the middle. No, the baptism is a time when we take on the added burden of helping each other reach eternity and glory that God set before us. That's a really important thing that we get to be a part of today. And I'm going to keep this a little shorter for the sake of the baptism is my goal. I know uh, we'll just look at the clock at the end and see if I succeeded in my goal. But we're going to jump into the gospel today because I think it really ties in to the things that we've been talking about. I was talking about the Sermon on the Mount a few Sundays ago, and I got to preach two sermons on that. And this is a further development of Jesus teaching us how to live kingdom lives. And there's some real key principles in here. So we're just going to start right from the beginning. And I am reading out of the ESV, but we're going to have those up there. So it's a little different wording than we just heard. Um, but Matthew chapter 11, verse 16. And this is Jesus, and he's talking to the crowd. And he says, but to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The son of man came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. Now, a little context here, right? John is in prison at this moment, and we know that eventually he gets beheaded. So he's on, his, he's on death row. And he sends some of his followers to Jesus to say, hey, are you really the Messiah? And there's different interpretations. Maybe John was feeling a little bit anxious. He's got a headman's axe literally hanging over his head as he's sending them out. Maybe he just wanted affirmation that he was right. Because we know John already said that that was the truth. He already declared that Jesus was the one that you've been waiting for. So maybe he's feeling a little anxious when he's sitting in prison. And maybe there's times where we feel that way too. The good thing that we hear from Jesus is he didn't say, you of little faith, go away and tell him to like, remember what you said before. What did Jesus say when they asked him, are you the Messiah? He said, the blind see, the lame walk, look at what I'm doing. Kind of like, of course I'm the Messiah. I'm fulfilling the signs. I'm bringing healing to the people. We learned in the Sermon on the Mount that we're supposed to know people by their fruit. And the fruit of Jesus' ministry was freedom and wholeness and health. So he's on this um, conversation about John, and he tells them, particularly, this is John the Baptist, which 
I mean, that's the person who's right here. This is an image in our baptismal font of John baptizing Jesus. And he's talking to them and saying, there's nobody greater that has come born of a woman than John the Baptist. Because he bore witness to me. Because he bore witness to Jesus. But he says something really interesting there, right? There's a promise embedded in that verse. Because then he said, and yet... Everyone who enters the kingdom of God is greater than John the Baptist. Because the work that Jesus did, that we get to participate in, the work that he did on the cross, dying and raising, actually gives us the opportunity to be in tune with his Holy Spirit every day of our life. Did you know that before Jesus came, the Holy Spirit would come on the prophets and then he would leave them? And then they would have to like, act out the law and try and fulfill the law, but they didn't have the comforter, the counselor that we have in the Holy Spirit. So the point of bringing all that up is that Jesus is trying to tell them what it's like to be empowered kingdom individuals. And so as we're reading through this, he's pointing out the way that he and John the Baptist have been received, right? Because both of them end up being killed by their culture. So what did they get wrong? Because I don't want to be on the side of the people who killed John the Baptist, who killed Jesus, right? And I mean, we we don't want to have that mindset in ourselves where we miss it. He gives you a clue here, right? Interesting, when Jesus talks about children in verse 16, it is like children sitting in the marketplace calling to their playmates. It recalls, when you look at the commentaries on it, he's recalling the things like out of the mouth of babes. That's a prophecy of old that the truth will come out of the mouth of babes. Or Jesus is the guy who said, uh, let the little children come unto me. He has a high view of children. And so what he's saying here is that actually the children are calling to the Pharisees, the leaders, and they're saying, we played the flute for you, you did not dance. We sang a dirge, you did not mourn. What does that represent? John sang a dirge. He said, repent of your sins because you all failed. The law is out there and you failed. All of us can relate because we've all had that moment where we know that we failed. And what's the proper response to failing? It's mourning. It's conviction. It's knowing your sin. And so that's why he said, we sang a dirge, which is like a funeral song. You did not mourn. And then Jesus comes and he declares the hope of the resurrection. He declares the coming of the kingdom, the wholeness, the healing I was just talking about. He played the flute and then the Pharisees hate him too. They did, they reject John because he's too crazy. He's too ascetic. He's too, uh, he's, he's a weirdo. He's wearing camel hair and he's eating locusts. We don't want to be like him. They reject him because he's too somber. He preaches repentance. And they're like, yeah, he's a crazy man. We don't have to listen to him. Then Jesus comes and he's feasting. And he's saying the bridegroom is here. The kingdom's at hand. And they're like, oh, he's a glutton. He's a drunkard. The point wasn't for them to get it right. The point wasn't the truth. The point was manipulation and control. Because they were the ones who got to interpret scripture. They were the ones that got to tell Israel, how to follow God. They had a corner seat in the marketplace where they could deal out judgments and they knew the game and they knew how to play it well. That's what we're seeing in our culture today. We're seeing a bunch of people who are telling you, I know the game and if you don't agree with me, you're racist. Or if you don't support this, you're un-American. 
Or if you don't do this, you're that. Or if you don't do this, you're that. It's control. It's manipulation. When you hear that language, just ask yourself, what are they trying to communicate to me? Because God wants to give you the truth. Why are we greater than John the Baptist? Because we get that Holy Spirit guy 24-7. We have access by the power of Jesus to wisdom, to know the truth and to discern. And that brings me to the end of this passage. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. What does that mean? Well, let me talk about wisdom real quick. What is wisdom? Wisdom is knowing how to act in a particular given situation or what to say in a particular given situation. And the, I, the, the example that came to me is, is my own, the opposite of wisdom, right, is foolishness. My own foolishness comes glaring to mind when I think about when I was a manager at the Cheesecake Factory. I did that for a little while. I had some success. But I can think of too many stories where I may have been right, but I didn't have any wisdom. So let's say, for instance, we have a bartender. It's a Saturday night. She's completely overwhelmed by the amount of tickets that are coming in. She's trying to do things, and she starts cutting corners to make it work. And so I see her not measure her pour. This is a theoretical situation, but I guarantee you something like this happened at some point in time. But she doesn't measure her pour on her drink. And I go over there, and I start yelling at her, hey, you need to measure your pour. Hey, you're doing that wrong. And I bring the spirit of accusation with me, and I tear her down. And guess what? The rest of that Saturday night is completely lost because I added to her plate, besides her busyness, I added condemnation. I added a spirit of accusation. And now she's just broken down trying to get through her job. It may have been right to tell her that she was mismeasuring her pores, but you know what would have been wise? To take her aside after the shift and say, hey, I saw that you were really backed up. How can I help you meet the standards that we've set here? Or even just to jump in and help her at that moment. They taught me how to make drinks. I wasn't very good, so I tried to stay out of their way. But they showed me the things, right? There was 10 other things I could have done with wisdom. Instead, I chose to do what made me feel righteous. So I just say that to say, there may be people out there who are actually saying the right thing at the wrong time. And it actually matters. So it's more complicated than going through your Facebook feed and pointing out how that person's wrong, that person's not a Christian, that person did this. It might be better for you to say, what can I learn from what I'm seeing and how can I respond in wisdom? Because there's this principle we talk about, speaking the truth in love. That's in this, that's scriptural. So yes, we're called to call, stand for the truth, but we're called to do it with wisdom. And so when you look at Jesus, he hardly ever answered people's questions the way that they asked it. He used wisdom to discern what the right thing to talk to them about was, right? So I'm just putting that out there. We need to think through that. Let's move on to the next section here. It skips a few verses, and we go to Matthew chapter 11, verse 25. At that time, Jesus declared, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. Here we go. We're getting back to children. Remember how important baptism is? It's because we're welcoming children into the kingdom. God 
really loves this image, Jesus in particular, of the little children. Unless you become like a child, you shall not enter the kingdom of heaven. So what does that mean? Because he just talked about how wisdom is known by her deeds. I just talked about how good wisdom was. And it says, you've hidden these things from the wise and understanding. I want to argue, and this is what I found in the commentaries as well, that Jesus was being a little tongue-in-cheek. He was actually saying he's hitting these things from the people who think they're wise, from the people who are convinced of their knowledge and understanding. Because what's different about a child? I told this story before, but it rings true at this moment. I was at Billy's getting a sandwich with my boy Rowan before we weren't allowed to have too many people in there. So there was quite a few people in there. This was a few months ago. And he saw some footprints on the ground. And he has never seen clear footprints, I guess, because he goes, Dad, what are those? It's like two and a half years old. He's trying to figure out the world. And I go, oh, those are footprints. And he goes, footprints, Dad? And I go, yeah, footprints. He goes, oh, those are footprints. Now he knows. What does that illustrate about a child? What is that telling us about what we need to do? We need to be humble enough to ask our Father in heaven when we see something we don't understand. And we need to be aware that we don't understand everything that's going on. If you're convinced that you've got this whole thing figured out, you're probably wrong. I can almost guarantee it. He's got it all figured out, and we have access to him. So ask your Father, because he wants to teach you. He wants to take you step by step. And we're going to come back to that when we get to the end here about what it's like to be like a child. But this is great news for us because I don't know about you all, but I'm not an expert in basically anything. And so what it's telling you here is God doesn't care whether you can put expert or Ph.D. or whatever at the end of your name. What he cares about is that you're listening to him because he wants to reveal to you what's going on. There's a lie in our culture that says, if you knew everything that we could teach you, then you would know how to act. If you were a scientist, or if you were a theologian with an extra degree, then you could read this passage of scripture, or then you could understand how to act. The truth of Christianity is that God wants to reveal how you are supposed to act to you. He doesn't just want you hitching your wagon to an expert or to a person you can trust. He wants a relationship with you. So that he can tell you and help you discern. Of course, we need counsel. We need good teaching. Knowledge is good. All truth comes from God. But if you're missing the component where you're allowing God to speak into your life, then you're going to be like the person who thought he was wise and thought he was understanding. And God allowed his mind to be hidden from these things because you lack that humility. We're going to skip to verse 28 here. And this is the crux of the whole passage. And this is the one that you probably are familiar with. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So the first thing I want to draw out of here is a question. Where do you go when you're feeling heavy laden? When you're feeling anxious, despairing, frustrated, angry, depressed, where do you turn? Because Jesus says, come to me when you're feeling like that. Come to me. And yet we would love to go to a Netflix binge show, you know. We would love to go to a nice bottle of wine, nice dinner. Or the internet, Amazon, 
man, it makes me feel much better when I'm depressed, when I could click that button and buy some new text toy. Where do you go when you're feeling anxious, despairing, depressed? Because I'll tell you, this is the key in here. It's not you bad person for turning to material things to comfort yourself. That's not his point. His point is those things aren't going to lift the load. They're not going to help you. Those things will only ever lead to greater burdens down the road if you turn to them instead of to Jesus. Those things are good. He wants you to enjoy those things. But when you're feeling heavy laden, maybe ask him what he wants to teach you. Because the point is, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. That's the type of yoke I want to carry. I play football. If they asked me how much weight I wanted to lift, the less. Like, take a couple pounds off. It's harder when you add the pounds, right? But my point is here, God wants to be your source. And your person that you turn to needs to be Jesus. So let's wrap this up here. And what does this really mean? Because... The yoke that's easy and the burden that's light led to the cross. That doesn't look like an easy burden. Jesus stumbled three times trying to carry the cross to Golgotha. What does it mean when he says his yoke is easy and his burden is light? It means that once you've entered the kingdom of heaven, the whole river of God's grace is leading you day by day. And when you choose other things outside of his will, you're swimming upstream. He's trying to bring you to goodness in your life. Not easiness, not entertainment. I'll tell you, if you have enough alcohol and drugs and good TV, you can stay happy for a period of time. But God's less concerned with that happiness than he is with your goodness, your significance, your meaning. And I will tell you what's better in the long haul. His way. Because one way leads to destruction. But the other way leads to eternal life. And not only that, it's not about you. It's also about your children, your children's children, your brother, your sister, your friend. Because when you follow His grace, even the cross can become a sign of hope to the world. Even the cross that you're crucified can become a sign of hope to the world. So what's the point? The point is that we walk around carrying burdens. Whether that's our sin, I want it my way, not your way. Whether that's just the pain and difficulty we encounter in the world. And the point is, we have the answer to that. And it's in Jesus He wants to exchange that burden. He already bore the burden of your sin on the cross. He already paid the price for the tragedy and suffering in the world. He wants to bear those things. I've been through some hard things myself. I know people have been through harder. But I'll tell you, the moment that I turn to Jesus is the moment when things start to turn around. It doesn't feel that much better sometimes. But it is better. And you start to notice it walking in your life. This whole thing is about submitting your will to his. All of this is about obedience. Because we're really stubborn and we think we have it right. I know I do. But when you start submitting to him, just wait and watch that light burden, that easy yoke. Because you'll know that you're on the path where it doesn't matter what happens to you. It matters who's in you. That's what starts to change.
And I'm going to wrap up with this last verse. I'm just going to read it. And it, it ties right into here. Philippians 4, 11 to 13. Not that I'm speaking of being in need. I have to give you just a little context. This is Paul. That's the guy who gets beaten like daily, stoned a few times, and is in prison. Now listen. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am in to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. What's the secret? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? You can stretch while we get prepared here. No talking, no touching, no all that stuff. Everybody, come on. That's looking a little better, huh? Get the book. Okay. Grocer. Uh, uh, Grocer. Now. The... Uh, Service of Baptism is a perfect example of the body of Christ and how it works. As uh, Jesse, uh, Deacon Jesse was telling us this morning. <clears throat> okay, you took the right here. Okay, and you got my deal. Okay. Because it represents the community of believers, and uh, the, the dynamics are so uh, incredible here. The Small child, uh, you know, it says raise up a child in the way they should go, and when they grow old, they won't depart from it. So there's an inference that uh, if we gang up on this small boy, that he's not going to have a chance to run away from God and defy him, but uh, we're going to surround him with all the reinforcement to ensure that he grows up and is a mighty warrior in the kingdom. That isn't something you wait for him to do. Okay. And so the vow here is between the church and the parents. And the poor kid, he's just done for. In a good way. Yes. All right, so watch and listen as we go through this, and you'll see. The candidates for holy baptism will now be presented. Who's the presenter, sir? I present Jude, Deborah, Mary, Sacrament of Baptism. Okay. <clears throat> Will you be responsible for seeing that the child you present is brought up in the Christian faith and life? I will with God's help. Amen. Well, he'll give it to you. Will you, by your prayers and witness, help this child grow into the full stature of Christ? I will with God's help. Okay. Do you renounce Satan and all spiritual forces of wickedness that rebel against God? 
Do you renounce the evil powers of this world which corrupt and destroy the creatures of God? Do you renounce all sinful desires that draw you from the love of God? Do you turn to Jesus Christ and accept him as your Savior? And do you put your whole trust in his grace and his love? I think you demonstrate that by doing this. Do you uh, promise to follow and obey him as your Lord? I do. And will you who witness these vows, because you're the body of which the, the child is entering into, do all in your power to support these persons in their life in Christ? We will. All right, let us join then with those who are committing themselves to Christ and renew our own baptismal covenant. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God, the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship in the breaking of bread and in prayers? I will, with God's help. Will you persevere in resisting evil, and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? I will, with God's help. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? I will, with God's help. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? I will, with God's help. Will you strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being, born and unborn? I will, with God's help. Let us now pray for this child who is to receive the sacrament of new birth. Deliver him, O Lord, from the way of sin and death. Lord, hear our prayer. Open his heart to your grace and truth. Lord, hear our prayer. Fill him with the holy and life-giving spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Keep him in the faith and communion of your holy church. Lord, hear our prayer. Teach him to love others in the power of the spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Send him into the world and witness to your love. Lord, hear our prayer. Bring him to the fullness of your peace and glory. Lord, hear our prayer. Grant, O Lord, that all who are baptized in the death of Jesus Christ, your Son, may live in the power of his resurrection and look for him to come again in glory, who lives and reigns now and forever. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. We thank you, Almighty God, for the gift of water. Over it, the Holy Spirit moved in the beginning of creation. Through it, you led the children of Israel out of their bondage in Egypt into the land of promise. In it, your son Jesus received the baptism of John and was anointed by the Holy Spirit as the Messiah, the Christ, to lead us 
through his death and resurrection from the bondage of sin into everlasting life. We thank you, Father, for the water of baptism. In it we are buried with Christ in his death, and by it we share in his resurrection, and through it we're reborn by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, in joyful obedience to your Son, we bring into his fellowship those who come to him in faith, baptize him in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now sanctify this water, we pray you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that those who here are cleansed from sin and born again may continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ our Savior. To him, to you, to the Holy Spirit, be all our honor and glory now and forever. Amen. Amen. Okay, somebody wants to hold this for me. You can hold the baby. You can do that. Now, if he cries, all the better. Because it's all about him. He just doesn't know all the ramifications of that yet. Okay. Jude, Douglas, May, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. See? Oil. And all the gimmicks. He's... Now, who are we going to give that candle to here? Jude, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit and baptism and marked as Christ's own forever. Okay. Because now you're part of the royal priesthood of believers, we're going to give you your own stole. <laughs> wow. He's a May. Isn't he beautiful? What in the picture right now? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that by the water and the Holy Spirit, You've bestowed upon this your servant the forgiveness of sin, raised him to new life and grace. Sustain him, O Lord, in your Holy Spirit. Give him an inquiring and discerning heart, the courage and will to persevere, a spirit to know you and love you, and the gift of joy and wonder in all your works. Amen. Amen. Let us welcome the newly baptized. We receive you in the household of God. Confess the faith of Christ crucified, proclaim his resurrection, and share with us in his eternal priesthood. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. With your spirit. Give your neighbor the elbow, and especially uh, the maze. The grandparents are here. <laughs> Blessings. <laughs> there you go. The Lord be with you. We have a couple of announcements this morning. Um, the first one, the one that I'm very excited about, 
is that our virtual home group that we've been doing uh, online is now going to be live. So virtual home group live. Uh, and the point of that is we're going to have it in this building. We'll continue to meet the social distancing rules as we've had them spread out here. But you'll have an opportunity uh, to come be a part of home group again, which I know I have sorely missed uh, being able to have people. It's, it's a lot more fun to talk to a room full of you guys than it is to a camera, I promise. Um, so we're going to be having some uh, – Eric's preached a couple times already – uh, we're going to have uh, Father Powell, my dad. We're going to have some people rotating through and talking on virtual home group, and we're going to have some worship there as well. So this currently it's scheduled this Thursday at 7, as we've been doing so far for virtual home group. So be there or be square. Uh, and the... Uh, I think actually that's all the announcements that I have for you guys. So we're going to keep it there, and we'll have the deacon come up and bless the offering. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
Jesus. I wanted to uh, remind you, too, as we come back together as the church that has a legitimate place in our culture and society, uh, try to really avail yourself to participate in it. This Thursday night, as you get that, that first night we bring the home, back, home groups together, uh, we're going to have uh, Canon Mark Miller come, and he's got a special word for us, and it's a word that he wanted to deliver in that uh, forum. So be sure to be here, okay? We, like, we welcome all baptized believers to receive the body and blood of Christ. This is the table of the Lord that's made ready for those who love him and those who want to love him even more. So come if you have much faith and come if you have little. You who've been here often and you who haven't been here long, you who've tried to follow, you who failed, you come. Because it's the Lord who invites you. It's his will that those who want him should meet him right here. So come to the table this morning. The Lord be with you. With your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give them thanks and praise. Father Almighty and ever-living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord. Because in Jesus Christ our Lord, you received us as your sons and daughters. You made us citizens of your kingdom and has given us the Holy Spirit to guide us into all truth. And so, all the choir of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory, and we join in their unending hymn of praise. Holy, holy, holy holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, you're holy indeed, the fountain of all holiness. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts to make them holy, so they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before he's given up to death, the death he freely accepted, he took bread. He gave you thanks. He broke the bread and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Later, when supper was ended, he took the cup, and again he gave thanks and praise. He gave it to his disciples, and he said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim this mystery of faith. Christ Christ has died, died, but Christ Christ is risen, and Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer, Father, this life-giving bread and the saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and to serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, and all of the clergy. 
and especially remember those who were sick or infirmed in spirit, soul, or body. We hold up this day Olivia and Connie and Susan, Carl, Serena and Naomi and Rachel and Nadia, Kyle and Sonja and Sandra, Maria, Karen, David and Darcy, Tammy and Thomas, the Marines and the sailors at Camp Pendleton. You may add names of those that you're praying for. Pray for Levon. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken, and as we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles and the martyrs and all the saints. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, by him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit. All honor and glory is yours. Almighty God and Father, now and forever. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and we have courage as we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover, sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Hallelujah. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. O Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us thy peace. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you. Feed on them in your heart with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to the Supper of the Lamb. Nothing left that you don't love 
Thanksgiving, let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world seeking the ruin of our souls. As you leave, remember the gospel. And wherever you go, don't ever forget it. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling. Reconciling the whole world to himself, not counting men's sins against him. He loves us. He's forgiven us. He's not mad at us. And he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen. Amen. Let's go into the world rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.